is Slashers, your new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media. My name is Adrian, and with me today are my lovely colleagues, co-hosts, and cohorts, Jake and Doug. Boys, say hello to the mutant goons from beyond. Hey, mutant goons from beyond. We're going to go crazy with species tonight. That's right. Uh, this is the movie that proves to you that a dildo and uh, the jackrabbit are necessary items. Crazy. I just can't. Species. I'm so excited. I'm in two deep seas. Huh? That was actually really cute. <laughs> Did you hear that Britney Spears has been using Bitcoin since like the early 2010s to hide stuff from her dad? Oh, good for her. Suck at Elon. Yeah, That's she probably invested Britney. into that now. And uh, now she's a Bitcoin millionaire. But daddy's like, wait, wait, wait. You got to cut me some of my loans, Minnie. Mm-hmm. Well, free Britney. Hashtag free Britney. Hopefully. Hopefully she gets out in our lifetime. That'd be nice. Well, let's talk about this. I feel like Brittany is a really great analogy for both Syl and Eve in the species franchise. Bwee, bwee, bwee. <laughs> Unbridled carnal desire on a genetic level. Eh? Yeah, I like it. Throw in some kids. I like it too. Oppression from men. Yeah, that's some textbook stuff. <laughs> uh no well there was some there was some hope in there the guy who played gandhi uh he had a ben kingsley yeah ben kingsley he had the weirdest crying scene i've ever seen he just stands there like <laughs> and then one tear comes out i'm like man that's you know crazy thing back when i was in high school i got in trouble because i laughed when we watched gandhi in class when he gets shot <laughs> he does like and, and the thing is I, I didn't. I thought I was like twisted for laughing at that. There's a whole Reddit to that. They're like, did you laugh during class when Gandhi got shot? Because he gets shot, he says, "Oh God," <laughs> <laughs> and other people laugh too. Like it's just you know, you watch a two and a half hour movie and then you just laugh once once he gets killed. That's kind of it's sad, but it's like, oh God. <laughs> I'm afraid to invest in one Mr. Gandhi. Everything I read has these conflicting stories about him secretly being terrible. So I'm just gonna accept that he was a space alien. And we'll just, we'll move from there. But no, I did. I haven't seen that movie because I don't have two and a half hours to spare, and I never have for that movie. Well, watch yeah. the director's cut. It's like three and a half. Oh Jesus! Even better. <laughs> did you know that Peter Jackson said that there could be a director's cut of the director's cut of the Lord of the Rings? That he has extra extra footage that we've never seen. Uh, yes. You really need to sit there longer. Yes, My ass do. hurt already. Ugh, oh love my it. god, that just like sounds very painful to me to sit there that, but. I it guess is, you like that, Jake. <laughs> it's crazy because I hated The Hobbit so much, like on a cellular level. Like, you know how there was like the blob of shit that's afraid of fire in species that climbs up the wall? That was like coming out of my throat, this hateful vitriol as I was watching The Hobbit. But I love The Lord of the Rings, even though the books are reversed, where I think The Lord of the Rings books are awful and they are longer than Species 3. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on Species 3. I should probably start at 1. Oh, it's a good idea. Hot take. Because I have so many horrible things to say about Part 3. So no, so so why why did we pick this species this month? Well, she's, she's an alien, right? Yep. So we're in the midst of 2001, a space Augusty. Yep. Yay. So what do we think about species? Is that something that we've we've liked always? Or is it something that you guys just watched like Doug or so? I, I don't know. Is this like your thing, Jake? Because I just watched these like this year. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I liked them as a kid. I liked the first one in concept. I think that it really fell off the wheels at the end. 
but then I liked the second one, even though I usually, you know, like stuff with rape is, is I'm really averse to it. You know, the, the conceptual elements and the way that it's done and making these people like truly horrifying and despicable, I think was, it was pretty well executed, all things considered, which is crazy when you consider what a bomb it was. But I mean, the, the concept of the franchise is awesome. Awesome. The idea of like, we create the alien for the alien because the alien can't travel to us. That's a very like Star Trekian thing. You know, like, sure, we deal with the warp drive and stuff, but then you confront the fact of like of the time and distance of travel or, if you know, read Orson Scott Card or Isaac Asimov. Like when it talks about issues of, you know, travel and distance, you know, it, they don't just like brush it aside like Robert Highland, who's like, OK, we're just there now. And so I like the idea of that. I kind of, you know. I'd like to see this redone by the ex machina guys though. Like I think that this is a great rough draft, but it especially now feels like a couple good episodes of X-Files. Oh, that would be so good. I love that idea. That's great. Who can, Thank you. Who can yeah. you tell that to, to make that happen? That'd be amazing. Neil Blomkamp, come on. You got a franchise waiting for you. There you go. <laughs> Enough shrimp people. No more. Nobody wants a district 10. We want species again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I, I could definitely say that I'm very happy that uh, you guys introduced me to this because this whole time, years and years, I thought I've seen this movie, but it was a movie called Decoys. <laughs> and yeah, the great, that's a Canadian version of a, a species here. <laughs> but uh, no, this one here was uh, the first two I really liked. In fact, the second one I liked a lot because yeah. it's just it, it's sleazy. It's gross. It's like a, another big budget B movie. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's crazy. But the one thing I was thinking too, when I was watching Species Two, I'm like, man, that guy uh, he ha- he has a kid with every woman he has sex with. So that's a lot of child support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, the history of the world part one, right? With the Catholics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about you, Wade? So I know I saw Species when I was a kid on Sci-Fi a million years ago, but they cut everything out. So I did. I thought it was boring. I forgot Michelle Williams was even in it. So and at the time, I would have known she, who she was because of Dawson's Creek, obviously. But yeah, I know I saw it and bored the hell out of me. And then when I rewatched it again, because we were supposed to do this in July. So yeah, we shifted everything around for someone, an entire, it's okay. Um, but I down, <laughs> I, I, I obtained these films. I won't say the method which I obtained them, but January and we've, we've just had these in our drive to share with each other. So it's been yeah. a while and I'll admit that the latter two installments felt like a wet fart, but the first two were good enough to where I was like, okay, the hype was, the wait was worth it. Yeah, no, for sure. Because I had watched the first two when we were supposed to do this. So then I had to rewatch, I had to rewatch part two because I like, I remember it, but I wanted to be able to talk about it because I feel like I like it better than part one. But part three was just miserable. I watched that yesterday and I literally, I think I texted you guys. I'm like, I can't do another one. I can't do it. Like I literally put on Netflix and like watch something completely opposite to this. Cause I'm like, I just have to get this out of my mind. Like this is, was, it took me forever. It was so fucking long, but the other two don't feel that way. So it's like, I don't understand. And we'll probably get into it. Like I know that the second one bombed hard, like really badly. Cause I was looking at the money and I'm like, <laughs> Like, that is so embarrassing. I'm so embarrassed for you. But, like, it's the same cat. Like, I'm just sad because it's basically the same cast and the same people. And Tasha Henstridge is like still naked in this one. So I figured people would like come back to see her, right? Because she's like amazing. She looks so good in, in these movies. So I don't know. Anyways, you probably know more than I do about why. 
had bombed, I'm assuming. I don't. I'll be honest with you. Like word of mouth and everything. So, you know, very often you see sequels where they decrease the budget or they increase the budget, but very rarely do you see like an estimated exact same budget. So both these movies about $35 million to make. One yields $113 million. One, a paltry 26. And I remember seeing commercials for this. I vividly remember the shots from the commercial. You know, it's her with the blue straps and the chair and you got astronaut man who's Patrick Bateman in space. I mean, those very like key visuals. I don't, I don't think it's that bad. It's got 9% on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic has it at 19. I'm just like, I don't think it's that bad. Like, I feel the story is better for some reason. And we'll get into it because the first one sort of, not that it can, well, I was watching it in and out. So I feel that the story is better in the second one and the gore is much better. Like the effects are better. Correct. So I just, I'm sad. Like I'm kind of, well, but maybe it's the male rape thing or the... That could have a huge element to do with it. I mean, it's very severe, but also it feels like a horror movie, whereas the first one feels like a sci-fi movie. You know, mm-hmm. she is a creature committing crimes versus this is like a heinous man And when you see a lot of it. And also just the tentacles and the fluid bulging veins. It's so visceral. Like this is haunting versus the first one. It's like a fun jaunt that ends with like a grasshopper person who looks kind of like Willem <laughs> Dafoe in Spider-Man spritzing around a cave spelunking. Yeah, but it's like the worst CGI. It's like Mortal Kombat CGI. Oh, even yeah. Worse. Same year. <laughs> same year. Oh, so that I know. Okay, yay, yay! Because I did look up all of the horror movies. I didn't look at anything else because '95 had a lot of good movies that year. So there also might have been space fatigue right when this came out because you had Apollo 13 and Power Rangers came out. Boom! Mm-hmm. And then the same week, if you want your pregnancy movie, you don't go with Species. You go with Nine Months, starring Hugh Grant. Am I right? <laughs> I love Hugh Grant. Well, the first one also reminded me of Star Kid, like when they finally show the alien. (laughs) (laughs) All I can remember from Star Kid is him eating like a lump of food and being disgusted. But I'm very excited to talk about that next week. Uh, No, it's a little spoiler for you guys. But yeah, so going into the first one here, um, have you guys ever seen the movie Night Beast? No. Night Uh, Beast. Night Beast. Not yeah, Metal Truma Beast. Put it out. No, not Metal Beast. Night Beast. It came out in the early 80s and, and uh, one J.J. Abrams did the music for that movie when he was a teenager. Wow. Yeah. And the oh. intro. Uh, and the I've opening seen the, the creature, but I don't think I've seen the movie. Yeah, no, the movie's great. Yeah, the movie's great. It's like uh, it's another alien just going around frying people. Uh, although the title is wrong because he he goes during the day, so he's not really a night beast. But yeah, the <laughs> intro to Species was a lot like Night Beast. In fact, they even used some of that same music. So I'm like, did they rip off a movie that cost five hundred dollars to make? Yeah, 1982. Yeah. It is on Prime, so I guess we could watch that. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I hunt it down. That's a good film. I have I have the old VHS. I got the Blu-ray. I got the DVD. Now, let me ask you, was this ever released anywhere under the, the title Scrotum the Murder Sickle? Because this, this creature does look like a scrotum, yes? He does, yeah. After a hot shower. <laughs> I would say the opposite because he's all tucked in, but very, very wrinkly. I wish I, I aired out my balls enough to get them that tan, though. That'd be nice. And just stick them in a vacuum hose. Yes, that will solve <laughs> the problem. Great, that's a great idea. <laughs> Doofy did it in Scary movies, so why can't we? I don't think it was his balls in it. But yeah, oh, well, as long as your stitches are healed, I think it's OK. <laughs> oh, yeah. So sorry. Before we get too far, we were talking about movies that came out in 95. Oh, yeah. So yeah. one thing I have to mention is the movie Kids came out 
couple weeks after this, which is the movie where everybody gives each other AIDS. And so that's cringy. So you have like some like weird bookends. But can I talk about like just how unexpectedly amazing 1995 was that I just never realized? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm always an 80s guy, right? But then we get to 95. Two Wong Fu, Angus, Usual Suspects, (gasps) Showgirls, Seven, Mallrats, Heavyweights, Brady Bunch Movie, In the Mouth of Madness, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, Goldeneye, Heat, Jumanji, Dracula, Dead and Loving It, 12 Monkeys, Dead Man Walking, Mr. Holland's Opus, Outbreak, and, of course, Major Pain. You forgot Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, my favorite installment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's ruined by number five, though, right? Well, fuck five. Six, six is the best. It has Paul Rudd for Christ's sake. Like if you're not on board with part six, then you just don't talk to me. Sorry. Well, I like part five. I mean, they have goofy clown music when the cops come on. You can't oh. beat that. And the penguin sounds and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the French director is like, oh, this is good stuff. Exit <laughs> <laughs> pig. Ziggy piggy zig. <laughs> There's so many good, but like the prophecy, did you say the prophecy Lord of illusions? No, most of those movies were just like big movies. They weren't necessarily horror specific. Sorry. Oh uh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just making sure that the world knows because that was actually a really good year. And considering like the nineties kind of suck. Like, yeah, it falls flat with horror in my opinion, but I guess not this year. Yeah. So written by Dennis Feldman, you might know Dennis Feldman as the butt fucker who wrote the golden child. Eddie Murphy. Remember when he drinks this and then he spits the water? It's a good movie. Well, it's not good. It's a movie that I like, even though it's not good. No, that's like Norbit. I love Norbit. Everyone hates it. That's fair. (laughs) So he did Species. He did Species 2. So the inconsistencies between the one and two in terms of how the aliens get there is kind of funny. Well, that's tough because you have Chris... Brancato also was a writer for two. It gets conflated. But anyway, you have species, right? Where it's like, hey, we, we're going to Morse code you how to make an alien. And then the last film he wrote was Virus, which is an adapted comic book. Oh, okay. And it's basically kind of the same thing where the alien is like an electrical signal. And that's how it makes all the little robots kill people. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Maybe he really was like, okay, I made $113 million the first time. I got to make that slide whistle. Uh, Well, you know, that sucks because, like I said, species, the first one, I I think the first 40 minutes is great. Then it like it like deflates like a balloon an hour and six minutes in. But yeah, when she's on that, she's when when she escapes from that lab, uh, you know, when they're putting cyanide in there and she's running onto the onto the train when that train conductor gets sucked in. I'm like, man, this is good stuff. Like, I'm surprised no one's ever seen this or me, at least. You know what I mean? I'm like, wow, this is this is really good. And then she's eating all that food, like the pudding on the table. I'm like, man, I remember the first time I was stoned. I was eating food like that, but I wasn't an alien. (laughs) Are you sure you're not an alien? Not that you'd confess to, right? No. When I watched, I'm like, oh, I know what you're thinking, girl. Good stuff. But this is actually a, a key point in something that I refer to all the time now. This is one of the reasons why I don't ever really invest in a lot of like the Netflix original shit, because in watching those kinds of things, you're foregoing stuff like this, that while it's not like a classic, it is still a fun, good movie. 
that doesn't get heralded enough. And I wonder if they're exploiting the audience because one and two aren't streaming anywhere for free, but three and four, well, three you can find on, I think it's Pluto and then four you can find multiple places. But the point is, is like, I think that they knew they had a vested audience in at least in one and two. And so they use those for collectors because I've seen collector editions of this and statues of that and all of those things. Can you think of any other like movie franchises where you feel like they're not being well known because the people who own the rights are just exploiting the audience they already have. Definitely. I, you know, for another alien one, Extro, I think oh. Extro is definitely one of them. Mary Lou and Prom Night 2. Well, she's in the other three. And I've seen like statues and cosplay of her. I'm like, man, that movie's not streaming anywhere. So yeah, there, there's definitely some stuff in there. I'm trying to think of some other ones here. I don't know. What do you got, Aid? Oh my God. I just had something and it just left me because I was thinking, I just watched Mary Lou on Prime. Isn't she on Prime? Mary Lou, who, whatever. Yeah, uh, that was that's a really good one. We should talk about that. God, I was just gonna say it like literally just left me. Like I had it. Well, there. I was gonna say Ilsa, like the Tigress of Siberia, Hiram Keeper of the Oil Sheik, She Wolf of the SS. Ilsa's great. Like I love those movies. I know they're trash cinema, but I love them. Yeah, that's the point. Is that they're trash though? They were never meant to be like heralded as art. Mm-hmm. I don't know. God, it just left me. Like, I literally had a good one. Come back to it. I'll put a pin in it. I will come back to it. I'll ramble about comic books and you don't have to listen and then just come back when you're done. Oh, good idea. Good so idea. Yvonne Navarro wrote the novelization, blah, blah, blah. It's based on an original screenplay, so there's slight differences. Dark Horse did a four comic adaptation, uh, blah, blah, blah. It was written, drawn by John Foster, who did Aliens versus Predators versus Terminator and some Batman stuff and Star Wars shit. And blah, blah, blah. Then there's Species Human Race that Dark Horse did, where it's about the male offspring. So if you need more, you can get it. They're not great. They're not compelling art. The art is very generic. It's of its time. But I read them all. And that's all I have to say. Oh, oh, demonic sperm. Sorry, that's all I'd say. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I remember. So, like, you know how you can stream pretty much the first children of the corn and everything? Mm-hmm. But you can never get the rest of them. That's a great example. They're so bad. They're good. Like, I like to watch them. And the only time I can watch them is on sci-fi and they just cut everything out. So, like, I would like to be able to just watch them all together. Yeah, it's funny you brought that up, too, because Children of the Corn 2 is better than the first one. Like, I I think Children of the Corn 2 is the best out of all of them. Yes! And we can never watch it because, like, it's never on anything. So. Yeah, that had a weird release, too, because Echo Bridge, the really cheap DVD manufacturer, they released Children of the Corn 2, and somehow they own the rights. So anytime there's, like, a box set or something, part two is always missing because that's owned by yeah. a cheap dollar store, uh, you know, DVD. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that, that movie needs, like, a... I think the problem was that was put out by the the Weinstein company or something. So I don't know, some weird rights with that, but you know, Mm. fuck them. Weinstein's in jail. Let's take the rights from Children of the Corn too. Did I mention that I watched Overnight, the documentary about Troy Duffy on the air? You got to watch it. It's free on uh, Tubi. It's amazing. And involves the Weinsteins and Troy Duffy, the guy who did Boondock Saints, makes a triumphant comeback now that Harvey Weinstein's gone by writing a directed VHS Pauly Shore movie in 2020. He stuck <laughs> it to the man. Good for you, buddy. Produced by Frank Mancuso Jr. Did Friday 13th, think two through seven, if I'm not mistaken. Technically, mm-hmm. he did all four of these. So that's pretty sweet. And then did, did auditorily, did this prickle your tingles at all? Auditorily? Uh, well, it sounded a lot like Hellraiser. That's be because honest. it's Christopher Young who did Hellraiser one and two. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Doing your homework. Yeah. Mm. 
But yeah, I really love that opening theme. This movie has the best of the credits and you can see like when you hit Species 3, the credits are so bad. That's like the only note I took when watching the movie. I was like, holy shit. Like you couldn't even do font. Movie Maker and Windows Movie Maker. Yes. That's to remind me of. <laughs> Terrible <laughs> color. The thing, and then the, the signs just drip. I'm like, man, this is what we used to do in like grade school. Oh yeah. It's a rough one. Now, as far as how we want to go through these, do you want to just kind of hit some talking points? I feel like we're going to focus 80% of the conversation on one and two. So what are some key takeaways that you guys have from the first movie? Well, I learned aliens don't like diabetics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ableist. Yeah. yeah, really. I mean, he's like, oh, what's wrong? He killed him. Why? He had insulin. <laughs> well, he's a perfect specimen, right? So she needs like a perfect specimen. He's not perfect. Al- but and that goes back. Haircut. Alfred Molina is a perfect specimen. That's your yeah. boy, Dr. Octopus. Dr. Octopus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he finally got pussy and then he died for it. Poor thing. So he didn't he, get pussy. I'm sorry. He certainly had it previously, but his wife was murdered by shards of glass and then he went crazy. So he is doused in it. <laughs> do you not remember okay. Spider-Man 2? It's like the best I of I do those. remember. I was talking about him in Species, not in Spider-Man He 2. gets laid to death, dude. It's his kids in the cave. Yeah, I know. I said that's okay. He finally gets his pussy oh, and then he I thought you said that he did he... Sorry. Strike that. We'll Reverse on. it. Yeah, exactly. So... Yeah. Anyway, no, but he is so cringy in this movie. I'm sorry. The entire time he's trying to get in what's her name's pants. Like it's all he cares Mag. about is hooking up. He's so sad that he can't get laid. He can't get a girlfriend. Like, what is this guy doing in this movie? Like, it's just like, why do we have this character? Because I feel like we could have cut him out and it would have been fine. Yeah. I will say this though. Marge Helgenberger is about as attractive as her last name, but that scene with her and Michael Madsen where they're improvising sex. I was like, that's fun. I like this because it's tough, right? You're playing opposite a literal model. And so like your homeliness is certainly going to be hammed up a bit. You're also science lady. So usually they make them a little homelier. But yeah, you know, that's the pizzazz, confidence, braggadocio. That's what gets you laid, ladies. I know you're all struggling. Well, that's what pissed me off about this movie. And then they brought it back up in part three, which I was so fucking annoyed by. But like, basically, she looks, you know, like you said, homely. And that's so bad. Like, you don't call a woman homely. Look at her hair. You tell me that hair's not homely. Her hair is from the Rock and Roll Express, the pro wrestling tag team. No, it's really bad. It's really bad. But it was this, a lot of women had that style back okay. then. So. But then look at Species 2. Same lady looks way better. Yeah, because she did her hair different, right? So, okay, she is homely or whatever. But what I'm saying is that they're trying to make the smart lady, like, because she's smart, she has to look like shit. And they actually bring that back up in part three when he's talking to the roommate. He's like, a scientist wouldn't look like that. Talking about the girl on the computer. A scientist wouldn't look like that. What the fuck she's supposed to look like, sir? I'm sorry. She's supposed to look like you with your Jerry and your frosted tips like what the fuck i'm so mad okay yeah frosted tips he thought he was was like oh a scientist shouldn't look like you you look like you're from nsync or something i know it's so bad his hair was so bad it had me saying bye 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 
<laughs> well, in the first one, they didn't pan down to her pants. Lot. I figured she was wearing like those 90s mom jeans. Yes. Which are in vogue now. So I guess she'd probably age up. Yeah, they're they're back. Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of you look like Marge Hel- Helgenberger. <laughs> but, but you want to know what? The, 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 the thing with the first one is that it was so funny because it felt they felt like a group of Simpsons characters all sitting around. It's like, the, the you know, uh, the, the one guy sitting there is like, oh, I can feel the feelings. Yeah, right. He went that way. And then the other guy's like, you can't read my feelings. It was like Dwight's uh, X-Men school from The Office. Where he's like, what <laughs> yeah, is exactly. this? Dan played by Forrest Whitaker. I know. One thing. Sorry. We talked about Alfred Molina getting laid. And I cut off Adrian and I was confused. And I think the reason that I was confused is because I had this bit of trivia in the back of my mind. This was his first sex scene with a woman. He'd had a sex scene with a man in 1987's Prick Up Your Ears. So that's why I was screwing that up. Oh, Alfred Molina or yep. Forrest Whitaker? Fucking okay, dudes. Okay. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah, I encourage it. Yeah, maybe he'll be in 29 <laughs> Needles Part 2. I fuck him all the time. So what are you going to do? <laughs> hey, I give a guy a hand job basically every night. <laughs> it's medical. I have to because of the vasectomy. I have to purge. The doctor said so. So this is all clinical. I'm not being perverse. So what is it? Does it do like a buildup and it's like an old fridge where it's like, oh, you got to you got to clean out your filters. Yeah. Think of like a, a hacky sack is what my my sack becomes very, very hard and full of sperm that just has to be expunged into my body somewhere. They just they just don't know where it goes. Apparently, that was the worst. Expl- and I asked the lady who was the surgeon and I asked the lady before. And I was like, so just where, but where does it go? And she's like, well, it just gets like reabsorbed. It's like, so my heart's going to be pregnant one day is what I'm saying. I'm going to have sperm there to swim up. Somehow I'm going to get an ovum in there and I'm just gonna have a baby in my heart. Yeah. You're going to be coming out of your mouth soon. You'll be like the chick when she like, when the baby comes. Yeah. I'll have tentacle nipples, but it's going to shoot out sperm. Yeah. And then the kids are going to have like potato sack shirts. I'm like, you notice that in species too. They all have like potato sack. The exact same shirt. uh, He buy it in bulk. Because at first I thought that they were like pillowcases and I was like, oh, that's brilliant because like that's what they had. And then it was like, nope, they're literally all just like Amish wearing the same Ebenezer Scrooge outfit. Yeah. They all look like they're from Charlie Bucket's house or something. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, that's so sad. Doug, you had brought up Dan, Boris Whitaker, uh, before I devolved into talking about Alfred mm-hmm. Molina's prior dicking. Now, did you feel that he was overutilized as the Jedi of sorts? No, I, it, it, his character felt so weird. I didn't mind if he was the psychic, but every time he came up on screen, he's like, oh, mm, uh, she went that way. I, I, it reminded me of Puppet Master One. Remember with all the psychics? Like, I thought that was like the cringiest thing. I'm like, yeah. oh, let's just get rid of the psychics. You know, I was waiting for him to pull out tarot cards and say, like, well, this card says we're fucked. You know? So, I mean, he did fine. I, I you know, uh, until the end, I'm like, I kind of want everyone to die, but you know, whatever. He didn't predict the ending. So it's like going the kid. But besides that, that scene at the end too, with that kid in the caves, that was a really creepy scene, like a really good mm-hmm. shot there. So no, yeah. I'm jumping ahead. No, yeah, it's no, perfectly fine. Because yeah, I mean, Forrest Whitaker was great. I think, you know, just besides the psychic stuff, I'm like, cringe. What was funny too, that he didn't become GI Joe just because he was carrying a gun. Like he couldn't climb up the rocks because he was just, just a little portly. And that's great. I like the continuity. I was like, that's perfect. Yeah. I like Dennis a lot more uh, from the second movie. He was pretty funny. Oh yeah, yeah Bubba. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Sickle cell. And at the end, he's like, yeah, he's like, hey, yeah, I got sickle cell anemia. I saved the world. Hey, babe, I've been fighting aliens all day. I know my leg's bleeding, but you want to have techs in this, uh, 
in this uh, ambulance. She's yeah. like rubbing his head and stuff. I I'm don't like, think doing that. they teach you that as a, a medic in the army to cradle your client's head in your crotch. Well, maybe she saw Forrest Gump doing it. So she had to repeat the same thing. More like oh. Forrest Hump. Am I right? Zinga. Uh, well, maybe she's an alien, too, because all these aliens are horny. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because I thought she was going to kill him. Like, why is she touching him like this? And I thought that she was going to turn on him. Yeah. Now, Dan, let me ask you this, Adrian. The the guy, Dan, is an empath, but he knows where she walks. And is there any way that using empathy, you could track the way a person walked unless they were wearing very uncomfortable shoes? No, I think you could, because I think when you if you're not. OK, so if you're walking around, you're like spaced out. It's one thing. But if you're like on a mission, you walk a little quicker. If you're like me, who always has anxiety, I'm always zipping around the house. So then that's your baseline. Okay. So then, mm. so unless like he's able to like sense in the ether where the anxiety was, it just seems to me a little bit convenient. He's always like, she went this corner. She went that corner. Yeah. I, I, and that's, this is, I always think it's a hokey thing. And it's like a, the only movie I will say that telekinesis or any type of like, sensitivity of that nature works for me as Carrie and anything Carrie related, but everything else. And I'll say this all the time. Like, that's why I hate that part seven of Friday the 13th, because I'm like, yes, that's such a fucking cheap cop out. Oh, they have powers. Jean Grey. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like it just does not fit well into a horror movie. It's just a cheap way. I think of like getting, like putting the story together. I might didn't, didn't Manhunter have that as well too? Like the first, Hannibal Lecter movie, like the the one guy who was helping the cops is like, oh, he's that way. Yeah, much more so. And, yeah. and, and Manhunter is a delightful movie, though, because you get to see the guy who has the axe from Last Action Hero, Last Action Hero, and he gets to shoot a shotgun with one hand. It's pretty badass. And he's going to be filming that in the morning. Yeah. Uh, another key example of you know the issue I have with the mental brain thing is everybody just believes him. And accepts it. And it's like when you confront science and this incorporeal medium, it's just a little convenient that everybody's like, oh, okay, we're just going to listen to you. And you're the most important part of the team now. We're just going to be beholden to you. We can't verify what you're doing. We don't know. I mean, it was just, it was very obtuse. I, mm-hmm. I don't mind him being there. Like, I like empathic characters. Like, I really like the character from Farscape, the blue lady who's like, oh, I'm empathic. But she doesn't use that as like a MacGuffin. Yeah. Yeah. But, but what's kind of funny is I was thinking about it, too, watching the first one. With the four characters there, you know, the the empath, the guy who's like, yeah, I'm a badass with a gun. And then uh, Mr. You know, like, Mr. Blog, it's it could be a good four player arcade game. You know what I mean? Like a beat em up to find oh. or, or like a uh, what, what's those games that uh, usually the hentai or not hentai anime. <laughs> I get confused. No, I really think it should be a hentai video game. <laughs> yeah. The ones where you pick someone attacks and you wait your turn, a turn base. Oh, uh, RPG. RPG. Yeah. That would be a good game. Just think the four of them looking for aliens. I like that. Yeah. It's like the empath is like, ah, I got my powers. No, 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 no. I don't have enough mana. All right. It's your turn, mom. And then the mom. She's like, mom, James. <laughs> She's like, I know what I'm talking about. No. Well, the second movie, they turn into X-Files characters. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly. So, yeah. Then it, when it's aliens doing the brain thing, it's easier. But when it's people doing the brain thing, it's like, mm. yeah, it's just a cop out, in my opinion. Like, how do we explain it? And you're right. Like, why would they why would they believe them? These are scientists, but they're just like, OK, we have nothing else to do. You know, we can't follow her trail of blood that she's like murdering everybody she sees. <laughs> we could find well, like, her that way. Fucking luminol. Right. Like, I've watched enough forensic files to know that excretions, you spray that tss, tss, 
you do the light and then boom. You can't tell me you can't find an alien excretion that's unique. No, we have to have the guy. And it'd be one thing if they had like trained the guy or had objective evidence of his success rate, but they don't. So they're just trusting a guy. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of the movie like falls flat for me, whereas the second really doesn't. Like the second had me paying attention the whole time. Whereas the first one, like I was just, you know, it's like, all right, I'll go fold the laundry. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, like I said before, it has a great opening, a great, you know, first half and then once it gets an hour and six minutes in it's a snooze fest i'm like i don't want to see these two characters fuck i want to see what's going on here but what i can say is you know i didn't know uh back in the time aliens have such a good sense of direction in california she knew how to get to the 210 to the right. 605 to the one i'm like how the fuck did you get there i get lost and i still you didn't know how that. to use the word the five minutes ago and now you're doing all this mm-hmm. yeah Oh, yeah. And then she went to the club and she was like listening like there's OK. So there's things about it that I do like. And I feel like she's kind of vilified for these things. Right. And I don't like the facts that they basically like it's like a, to me, it was like a, a scream, like a commentary, maybe not so much commentary, but just like sort of a thing of, to say that all women want are babies and they'll do anything to get a baby. Like, that's what it made me feel like. Like, we should feel that Syl is empowered and she can do all of these amazing things and still look great doing them, right? But it's sort of like the tone of the movie makes it feel like she's just a, she's desperate. And this is how women, I don't know. There's just something about it that I didn't like. Well, I thought it's pretty empowering. She rapes that guy in the hot tub when he's like, wait, yeah. wait, this we're going too early. Like, yeah. no, now how does it feel to have the roles reversed, bitch? I have a promise ring for Jesus. <laughs> yeah, she's empowered, but then you like they the I felt like the movie tried to make us feel bad for the guy in the hot tub. But no. they also made her victimized by other people. I, I think mm-hmm. I, I, I know where your issue is because I, I have it to a certain extent. They don't make her motivations clearly alien enough. They make it seem like the inevitable course of progress, like, oh, it's just the fact that she's a biological creature and that she's a woman. I feel like they could have hammed up a bit the alien compulsion. Like, what is the why is it important that this alien does this? Because through this, this alien could take over our whole fucking planet. So it has to do this. This is its one purpose. This is what it was genetically engineered to do. I think it gets a little bit lost because that's one of the weird things, too, even at the end, which blows my mind. So so mom jeans is like, hey, she could lay a million eggs for all we know. Right. She says that. And then they just find one kid, kill it with fire and fucking leave. They don't even look through the rest of the cave to see if there's another kid. You admitted there could be a million. We have 999,999 eggs still unhatched in that cave. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not working overtime. Let's let's go home, boys. (laughs) I think Ben Kingsley's dead now and he was supposed to pay everything. So fuck this. Uh, Well. So what do we think? He didn't die in this movie and get in. Like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> what do we think about alien rat tongue McGee? That doesn't make any sense. Eating, eating the goop makes you an alien now. Yeah. So that creates the hybrids, right? Is that what they were trying to get at? I don't know. Yeah, they're just human like, Priuses. I feel like that was studio meddling. Yeah. There's something like I missed and I'm like, OK, Jake will now. So I'll just ask him. What's, what's so frustrating is like if you look at species and the movie movie life you're really close to having like a great venom movie you know especially species Mm -hmm. two the origin the opening of species two is just venom it's that's it's venom it's a venom Mm -hmm. 
It's so fucking crazy to me that you can't get it right. And you have to have Tom Hardy in a fucking lobster tank. But I digress. Doesn't matter. I think it was studio meddling to kind of cue in a sequel. That's all. Well, Species okay. 2 also reminded me of another space movie. You guys ever seen The Incredible Melting Man? Where the astronaut goes to space and he comes back with this virus that makes him melt. And he, like, oh, melts I know what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. And that's what it reminded me of, too. I'm like, man, he can't. He's like, Dad, I think something's wrong with me. Hey, you're going to be a politician. Nothing's wrong with you. Just keep your dick out of things you shouldn't be or else you're not going to get elected president. Well, obviously yeah. that's fake. Cause look what happened now. Yeah. Cause there's enough. Yeah. P- politician dick running around. So that's <laughs> ridiculous. Oh God. Yeah. I've seen pictures. I don't know if I've seen the movie. Oh, that's disgusting. I love oh, it. Oh, it's great. That's like a late seventies. Uh, Joe Castro, uh, the guy I did effects work with and uh, he, he, he did some stuff with, was it Howard Berger? I don't remember the guy's name, but he had some stuff left over from Incredible Melting Man, which was kind of cool. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. I think I've confused this mask with the, I was a teenage Frankenstein, the one that's on the poster at the very least. But yeah, we could definitely do this because it reminds me super much of Emil from Robocop Splat. Yeah. And he melts throughout the movie. And there, there's a scene with the two old people that are like, oh, we may get in trouble if the cops catch us fucking in the woods. It's two like people in their 80s, like trying to fuck in the woods. <laughs> That's the most romantic thing I've ever heard. I hope that when I'm 80, I'm trying to fuck in the woods. Yeah. No, watch it. It's the only movie I've ever seen. She's like, well, but the pies are getting cold in the back. Honey, I don't know. We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is uh for our friend joe what are you planning on doing with those pies boys mm. doug knows it's uh killer clowns from outer space sorry yeah in fact i got the killer clown i got the big clownzilla over there i bought him at uh, the midsummer scream event so the last one and they're like do you want to adopt this one i'm like eh, eh, okay you sold me i've consented mm-hmm. so can we talk about species two yeah. not t-o-o but rather the sequel species two electric boogaloo so okay <laughs> So let me ask you, have you guys seen The Astronaut's Wife? I've seen oh, The Astronaut's Kid. Is that I don't the, know. the one with, um, what's her name? Charlize Theron and, uh, oh. and oh, Johnny it's a new Depp. movie. Okay. I thought no. it was like an old Disney movie. Or- it came out in 1999. Yeah. Yeah. I saw it and I don't remember. Is that the one where she had, she put this, she hit the scalpel and like her butt crack or is that a different movie? <laughs> it's the one where she gets, you know, it's aliens. It's, it's aliens who fucking have oh. alien babies. Yes. Yes. I, yeah. I saw that. And so I had, I saw both this and that one. And so I was one of the things both of these movies were incredible failures, incredible failures. Astronaut's wife had a return of 19.6 off of a $75 million budget. And so I was like, I'm wondering if aliens fucking isn't what we needed in the nineties. Oh man. Have you seen Splice? Well, Splice is an alien. Dude, okay. I totally see Splice in this when, when they be fucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially at the end. Of, but it's not, they're not aliens though. They're cr- well, but they're still created. But neither is Syl because she's created here. Created. She is not an alien. She's not even an extraterrestrial. She's terrestrial. She's a test tube baby. What do you call that? Yeah. Yeah. Test tube baby. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But she's in that cage. Most of the movie, you know, unlike uh, what, what was the main guy? Patrick was it Patrick. Yep. Was Patrick Bateman. That's how I yeah. remembered it. <laughs> well, the crazy thing is, I was thinking when I was watching Species too. I'm like, man, if you got like an R-rated version of Ghostbusters, that's what the gatekeeper and the keymaster would have done with they yeah. finally meet. They fuck at the end. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to see that, but you know. Well, and I really like the fact that it's been worked up to the whole time, but that it's not like serendipity. It's not star-crossed lovers. They're still able to be darkness and stuff. That was actually oddly unique, where you expect that the immovable force, unstoppable object, blah, blah, blah. That was obviously purposefully 
conflated just in case anybody's curious but you know you expect it to be this like you know they're uniting and they fuse their souls together and their buttholes but then she still turns on them which i thought that was a nice little tainting from the human genome mm-hmm. well they were trying to say well i guess in part then i'm like i'm thinking ahead to part three that she has no human emotions but the first one it feels like she doesn't i feel like she does as a child but she didn't as an adult so I don't know if that's part of their like shtick. An abrupt change, right? Because yeah. Michelle Williams is very sympathetic and she evokes a lot of like tenderness and and I don't know, she's piteous. And then you get to Natasha and she's like, I'm going to fuck you like Rebecca Romaine painted blue and X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then she's more, again, sympathetic in the second one as Eve. Like I felt bad for her when they were sticking her down in the beginning. They were sticking her in that, that stuff and she oh. had all those bubbles on her like that was mm-hmm. I felt bad that her forced orgasm was while watching baseball. <laughs> oh, yeah. She crushed a fucking baseball in her hand. I'm like, man, you know, she found the G spot, multiple G spots. Yeah. yeah, no. Oh, my God. That's terrible. She got a home run, guys. They should have had a scene with the two scientists ladies like they're just watching baseball. Like, like this is low IQ. And and then after like she crushes the ball, she's like, they're like, oh, we should start watching baseball too. And they start flicking their bean. Like, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. What's going on? It's like uh, when Harry met Sally. I'll have what she's having. Yeah, see, they could have been the Harry met Sally scientist ladies like hey, baseball was a secret all along. Honestly, if Rob Reiner's mom made a cameo in this movie just to have that bit, this, this is a classic. <laughs> One fun thing, Justin Lazard, who plays Patrick Bateman from Space, actually kind of a creep in real life. He got arrested for exposing himself. Isn't that fun? Oh, he did? Well, I mean, he exposed himself in Species too. so there you go. His butt's weird. <laughs> who, who did he, like, was it to children or he just took it out? He was drunk. It was in a park. It was a thing. You can find it on his Wikipedia and there's some articles. Uh, he was also um, charged with resisting arrest. And then, so check out this timeline. So... <laughs> He does that. Then he gets married. Then he pleads guilty after he like failed to uh, show up. He was tasered. It was, it's crazy. There's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. D- don't arrest me. I'm in species too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an alien. Showing my shit off there. It's like, um, remember the Seinfeld episode where she's like, he took it out. Like, that's okay. <laughs> they just take it out. <laughs> oh, I tried just... watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, you didn't like it? Nah, I mean, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but I'm just like, Larry David is not not very compelling as a, as a protagonist. No, you're not supposed to like him. Like, he's a horrible person. <laughs> We finished off on the one where Bob Odenkirk is like the porn guy. And I was like, man, I'm going to let this rest for a bit. That was a very uncomfortable episode. Uh, there are a lot. Yeah. You have to get to the ones that are like from a couple of years ago because I'm really, like the older ones are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. But they start getting better, I think, when he came back to it. But that's beside the point. OK, so I'll just skip a decade worth of TV. You're telling the completionist no, who read a bunch no. of comics and watch all four of these dumb movies that I kind of hated. You're telling me I have to skip 10 years, Steve. Skip to the season where they bring, they do the Seinfeld reunion. How about that? Oh, is Michael Richards there? Yeah, he's mm. there. They even address his issue. Oh, that's good. On the show. Yeah, it's really good. I swear to God, you have to watch that season. If you're not going to watch anything else, just watch that season. What are they going to say? You're a racist. No, I'm a recovering racist. <laughs> well, he like talks about, he's like, he, you know, he's like, he's like, I know I did. Like, you have to watch it. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Just watch what? it. He was one of the first guys where I was very aware that we were seeing like one half of a story when it came to paparazzi stuff. I'm not saying it's justified, but he was no, like, look, no, these yeah. people were yelling at me, blah, blah, blah. And it, like, I'm not justifying it, 
But I think that ever since then, I've always been a little bit, you know, you watch those things on Reddit where it's like public freak out and you see the person mm-hmm. like freaking out and going crazy. And it's like, but we don't know what immediately prompted that. So I'm always, yeah. I'm not saying ever vindicate these people, but just be aware that there's probably something you don't have. Now, in terms of what we do have, we have a movie that fails fucking miserably that was written by a guy who did episodes of Beverly Hills 90210, X-Files, Law and Order, Narcos, and he co-created Hannibal based on the guy who wrote the Golden Child's work. So what do we think of Species 2? Anything that we want to hit on most importantly? Well, Species 2, I do have to say this movie won me over for one particular scene individually. You know what that one scene is? If you know my humor, you, the you Kurt know what it is. Cobain moment. Well, I mean, that was a good headshot too. You know what I mean? I'm always an advocate for head explosions in the movies, but no, it's when they uh, that sleazy guy with the flamingo. He looked like he's from Florida. Uh, he gets <laughs> they push him in the wheelchair because he's like he's like yeah, they pay twenty dollars an hour and he and they just push him and he's yes. in the wheelchair. He's like ah, that's an awesome part. And for those of you who don't remember with specificity, it's the guy who runs the sleazy motel where Patrick Bateman from space has murdered a lady and dumped her body. I, man, I just wish that I lived in an area that was just like woods for bodies. Isn't that cool? You could just like take a body and it's just gone forever. Yeah. And he just buries them. He's like, that was a hard day at work. All right. Well, I'm clocking in overtime. Got to get two more hookers. I would love to see Patrick Bateman at the Rosebud Motel from Schitt's Creek. That'd be delightful. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I guess if you lived in Florida, you would just throw bodies in a swamp and Hope the gators. Where did the second one take place? And it wasn't it wasn't yeah. LA. It seemed like Florida to me, to be honest. And that's a good question because it did feel like Florida to me as well. But then it had moments yeah. of being like the South because you had kind of you know Forrest Gump's friend having kind of a, a draw. You had Daddy having kind of a draw, and they had like a barn. So I'm assuming it's more like a Georgia type place. Mm. It could be Georgia. Okay, but hold on, I'm looking it up now. Wikipedia is asking me for money. Please stop. Oh no. Cause yeah, I think like part two is just super gory and super sleazy, which, you know, th- those, those two things combined. It's like one of my favorite, like when he's just driving down and all the hookers are like, Hey, how's it going? Hey, what can I get for you? This room's open. You know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah, this, this is like basket case. I love it. Oh yeah. That's how OBT is here. So we have the same thing. Yay. Doug, you mentioned your favorite part, which might come as a surprise to a lot of people because it's not necessarily gore. My favorite part of the film, product placement on the spaceship. <laughs> Fucking 20 plus years ahead of its time. When you think about the SpaceX and all this other bullshit, I'm like, wow, this is so foretelling. Yeah. And it's just like, it shows you that, you know, everyone, no matter what their occupation is, they could still think they're unhappy. Remember that opening scene when he's like digging the dirt on the planet. And so he's like, he's like, Oh, I've been reduced to like a Mars ditch digger. I'm like, dude, you're in space. What are you complaining about? Shut the fuck up. Oh, that's white privilege for you. So there. Yeah. That's like that kid that went to space with, I want to call him Magneto, but who's the bald guy from Amazon? (laughs) Jeff Bezos. Bezos. (laughs) Oh, look like a giant dick. I love it. I think you mean, Charles Xavier, like Charles Xavier. Yeah. Please don't besmirch Magneto. He's so great. Okay. Yeah. Charles Xavier. I'm like, yeah, that kid, that kid's like, if you work hard enough, you'll be like me and you'll go to space with Jeff Bezos. Motherfucker. Your dad just paid 27 million to get your ass up to space. Shut the fuck up. Turds. Now I was really impressed that this film used the term rape, especially after they had just used the term mate. Cause as I was watching, I was very like, that isn't mating. That is not what that is at all. Do you think that if they had leaned more into like depicting it as a horror film in that vein, because there have been other movies that dealt with rape and violence that were very successful. Was it the Jodie Foster on a pinball machine? So, oh, yeah. 
or, or was it just never going to work? I, I don't know if they marketed this one. Cause the thing is, honestly, you know why I didn't see any of the species, like I never picked them out species Two that poster looks like star Trek. Like, you know what I mean? It looks the like, ins- like the insurrection or what resurrect. What is that? Yeah. The one, yeah. Species two has like nemesis. God damn like it. The, yeah. Nemesis. And it's that, that red background and she's standing there. So I'm like, yeah, you know, and then people watch it who are like big sci-fi guys are like, yeah, I'm excited to see this. It's got, uh, you know, TNA and aliens. And then you're getting, you know, Patrick running around raping everybody and then burying them in the woods. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not what they expected. Maybe they're like, Oh, this is everyday vintage. Maybe more for the first one. But I, I don't, I don't know. Like you said, it, it's weird because look at the, po- I have the poster on the background of my uh, here. That looks like the fly. So people are going and expecting it to be like, a horror sci-fi movie. The second movie looks like Star Trek. And then you watch them like, oh, this is a gritty, greasy, slimy, sleazy horror movie. Well, also to ramp it up to that degree in a sequel, it doesn't usually work. Great example, Alien 3 after Aliens and Alien. Alien, horror film. Aliens, action film. Alien 3, horror film. And very rarely does leaning into horror after a different genre work out well for you. So in this situation, you start off with kind of a I'm not going to say family friendly sci-fi jaunt, but a a good PG-13 plus sci-fi jaunt with titties. And then you go to this and it's like, whoa, those aren't titties. That's a fucking evil dick man. I think that the people are, and also probably a bit of like, you know, the male homophobic fear of like seeing another man's weird butt. <laughs> Well, and then you get that shotgun to the head suicide, which is pretty shocking. Ooh. They showed it all. Yeah. I'm just like, man, this is a, and this is, when did Kurt Cobain kill himself? Allegedly. Early <laughs> Come on. When did Courtney? Come on now. Courtney Love shoot him. Yeah. I, thought, I always thought it was <laughs> Courtney Love telling El Duce from The Mentors to kill him. And that's how El Duce ended up getting hit by a train randomly. It was 1994, oh. April 5th, 1994. And this came out in 98, right? Yep. So So they've had four years to get it right. Because what I loved is the part of his head that grows back doesn't have a blood stain on it. That was a very clever little detail, I thought. And also the effect is good. Yeah. When I was watching this, uh, the effects. uh, Okay. The first one, the effects reminded me of Alien 3, a lot of that, but even worse, like maybe Sega CD. The second movie, not so much. The second movie reminded me again of Star Kid and um, a little bit better CGI, especially when the head's forming. You know, it looks fake now, but I'm like, man, this looks better than Hollow Man. And Hollow Man was all about the effects you know don't I mean? besmirch paul verhoven but yes you're right mm-hmm. i'm not to besmirching i like hollow man yeah so. so aid practical effects at the end what do you think of the patrick puppet that like splits its head in twain and then unsplits its head what, what do you think the dog body yeah i liked it but again i just reminded you of something i've already seen before so while it was good i liked the fact that there was an actual puppet and not not that whatever that fucking thing was in part one i'm like oh my god that's so bad so i'm, I'm glad that they upgraded to that it just looks better and but it's kind of like kind of annoys me though because why is he so well i guess because he got it from mars okay I just answered my own question because I feel like when Eve becomes her form, she's like less than, but then again, she was created here. So that makes sense. Is he the true form? But then he's a hybrid. I don't think he's a true form. I think that he's part Martian of whatever species would have been on Mars. However many eons ago. Okay. So that's what confuses me. Like why is he so much like more powerful than she? I don't know. I took that to be comparisons with venom are never ending for me with this. It's like a symbiote, right? Like it's dependent on the host DNA. And so that's basically what this was is like, they needed the human DNA to dilute the alien or whatever. And then the, the Martian one. And so what made, Patrick kind of interesting is it was basically like he was three things. You know, he was himself, 
He was a species creature and then he was the Martian potentially. And so that okay. explained why he looks so rat like different. Because when you look at like his torso shape and stuff, he's not very humanoid at all. He reminded me of like Dr. Smith from The Lost in Space with Gary Oldman. Very clunky and weird. And I really just love that they use like a mechanical puppet for that because like, you know, you look at species one and it's so janky with the little boy one. I, I had to rewind it because I was like, is the grasshopper one the little boy? Like that doesn't make the scale is all weird. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then you get to this one. It's like, okay, everything visually makes sense. It's tangible. I can track where it is. I have a spatial awareness. So, I mean, I, this is a, a key example of where I think puppetry, when you can do it, you should do it as opposed to just like, I'm going to click and drag a little green lady across a rock. Yeah. yeah. That's like the, with the liquor in Resident Evil, like how terrible it looks at, when it's CGI, but when they actually have the puppet, it's just so pisses me off. It's like just, you're already spending the money. Like they spent a lot of, they spent the same amount as they did in the first one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just whatever. But the, so the second one did better, I feel like. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they probably knew the effects for CGI were like, oh, yeah, because there's one scene in the first one. I trying to remember which scene it is where she's like transforming and then the screen just goes black and keeps like going in and out. So I'm like, oh, they're doing that. To, they're doing that to mask the effects. You say it's yep. an art move, but no, it's it's to hide the effects. 100%. <laughs> but also it's that era where you have these weird wide static shots. They did the exact same thing in Mimic, right? Where it's this big wide shot because they didn't even know how to place the computer animated object, right? Like you, you read the production of the original Space Jam movie and they just had guys in green screens running around in front of Michael Jordan and they're like, okay, so who is that supposed to be like, oh, it's supposed to be Tweety Bird. And it's like, oh, then what? That doesn't make any sense. And it's like, oh, well, the green screen's not going to catch it. It's like, you fuck with, it doesn't see through them. That's not the way that mm-hmm. greens. And so like you look at these old, like weird nineties kind of perceptions. Once you're like, start seeing it, you never unsee it. Where all of these like sci-fi shit from the nineties. It's like every time you see CGI, it's like really wide. It doesn't really fit. It's awkward and clunky. But, but then like when you get to species two, you have the fight scene between them is so dynamic because you can get mm-hmm. angles because there's something mm-hmm. to shoot. Well, Mars Attacks, thought I thought that came out really good. Yeah. You know, they were interacting with just themselves. So Well, and also in Mars Attacks, that's a really good point because the way that they frame it is that they're often reacting to one another more than they're reacting to other things, uh, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're sitting there in the spaceship talking to each other. They're both chasing somebody. They're talking like oogling the woman in the trailer. And when they do one thing, it's Jurassic park the mm-hmm. tracking is much more tangible and coherent and so if you do have a wide shot it's because you have a, a lot going on or b dynamic motion whereas if you watch the cave scene specifically they're attempting to do dynamic motion but it's a character moving across the screen not the motion of the camera so it's kind of like if you were out in the world and you're like looking and let's say a coyote ran by and you just continued looking in the same direction and let the coyote come in the frame of your vision and then leave your field of view on the other side Nobody does that. You would follow with your line of sight and follow the coyote, right? Mm-hmm. That probably was really boring. I'm sorry. No, this is film school over the airs. So I oh. hope you guys are all edumacated because film school is very expensive. So this is a little piece of that pie. So you don't have to sleep during class. Well, but that's the thing too, because for someone like me who just complains about these things, like I never bother. And I should probably like look and see why I don't do that. Because I just sit there, bitch about it, and move on to the next movie, and that's that. So I think it's important to know that. That's why we're sitting here discussing this. So thank you, Jake. You're welcome. Also, if you want, if you want some fun, we'll go back to Sillies. When he gets to her little thing, he like forfeits. Like, all right, we'll go in. 
and he gets to her little door and he's like, open the goddamn door. And if you look behind him, the door has a handle. He did not even try to use the handle. Fucking astronauts retarded. Yeah, I know. Well, that's what happens when you have a dad that looks like Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. He's like, he's like, son, you just got to keep it zipped up. You're going to be Man, I'm, president of the United States one day. Yeah. I'm really glad that they make it so clear that it came out of his navel when he stabs his dad through the tummy because if it, if it was ambiguous you would have thought he dicked his dad to death <laughs> oh my god i thought he did i thought he was dicked to death by his dad no, it's, it's an umbilical tentacle same difference well i think it's meant to be like a, a thing on oedipus rex or some bullshit whatever who cares i have to say this they refer to the barn at the end as the quote-unquote maternity ward from hell it is a paternity word. Eat shit. Oh, yeah. See, I forgot. I remember he said something. For some reason, I thought he said Satan's daycare center or something. I, don't know. <laughs> like, I think they say that, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's the part that kind of reminded me of like the X-Files or like a video game where it's like, all right, come on, motherfucker. We're going to fight. And they go in yeah. with like the bug spray. <laughs> it's like The MacGuffin. Yeah, the MacGuffin. Let's just Febreze these aliens. I mean, that might work. <laughs> That's one of the great things we talked about doing evolution for this month. And yeah, it's convenient. You find this very easy thing to kill aliens. But the fact that they made that absurd and it was like, oh, it's head and shoulders. <laughs> Versus this, it's like, we're going to shoot sickle cell anemia that would like die once it reached the air onto you. What? Well, see, if I was Dennis, I'd be pissed. Like, like at the end, like he, he gets stabbed with the pitchfork in the leg. He's like, sorry, <laughs> oh I just got to And I'm like, what? you motherfucker. I know we killed the alien, but fuck you. You got to pay for my medical bills. Seriously. You could have done that any nicer. Like just stuck him like in the arm or something. Like just, you know what I mean? Like what the fuck was that? <laughs> well, I love that he gets like little drops on the pitchfork of blood. But then you look at the floor and it's just like, Bleh. It's like you motherfucker, you wasted that. You know how much blood costs these days? <laughs> there was a scene. I don't, was it the first one or the second one? I thought it was pretty. I, I I laughed out loud. I lolled in real life when they go to the hot. No, it's the first one where they go to the hospital and she's like, she's like, oh, she doesn't have an ID or anything. Do you know if she has insurance? <laughs> yeah. oh my God. And he's like, put it on my credit card. And I was like, not. No, thank you. Not even for my children. I will act like I don't know them. Let them get John Doe coverage from the state. And then I will collect them when it's all done. Yeah. See, okay. That was, yeah, that was the first one. But yeah, I was laughing. I'm like, huh. under cover of night. Like, oh, she was hit by a car and thrown through a bus stop glass window. But yeah. more importantly, do you have health insurance? Mm -hmm. And put it on my card like it's nothing. Put it on my Macy's okay. card. Well, I mean, if that guy can afford a BMW and a charcuterie board, I mean, he's fucking made of money, right? Yeah, rich bastards. Yeah. All right. I guess it's it's time for us to talk about the bastard film Species 3. Ah, oh, fuck. Uh, well, it's bad. Well, I can say it does have a nice, shiny uh, double feature package with four. Um, Shout Factory put out that Blu-ray, which is starting to go out of print. So if you can find them, get them. I, I, I watched three and like Aid said, I felt, I felt like I was watching an episode of Dawson's Creek. Yeah, the fashion is very Gilmore Girls first season. Hoo yeah. Everything yeah. looks like Final Destination 3. If you remember how people dressed in that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a 2004. Yeah. This is the only thing I wrote about it. This is literally the only thing I wrote because I hated this movie so badly. I said, this movie thinks it's Reanimator and tries to mimic that with what's his name from Prison Break because I didn't even bother looking at the cast. But that was the only guy I recognized was the guy from Prison Break. Like, that's it. Is that Robert Dune? Is oh, that no. Robert Knepper. Sure. Knepper. Is it Knepper or Knepper? Yeah. Knepper <laughs> from Prison Break. 
He was teabag. <laughs> Never watched the show, so it's very funny to see. He's really good in prison, Frank. He's terrible in this movie, but he's basically trying to be what's his name and reanimator. And so, like, they think I would have noticed that. First of all, I'm like, I noticed that. Yeah, Ow. the people that that reference that they're you know the ones that are like, oh yeah, the, we we got to write it in this way because people people don't know they're, they're like, oh, I watch I watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Michael Myers was so scary at the camp. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> <laughs> that's all they know about horror, really. Yeah, so he just mixed up three fucking movies in one. And it was so bad. And that girl is not like as you look at Natasha Henstridge and she just has like this. She takes command, right? Like she mm-hmm. has this presence, and then. The person they got to play Sarah in part three. I'm like, Sonny Mabry. Oh my God, snooze fest. Like, she was in the Nookie Limp Biscuit video. Thank you very much. Have some respect. That makes sense. She would be in a Limp Biscuit video. So, oh, that is probably the harshest burn I've heard in a long time. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing like, I didn't, I didn't hate, hate three. The only problem is I knew going into it, I'm like, oh, great. This is going to be like a TV movie. You can tell, like, from the sets, it's all like cheap. Home Depot wood. So yep. when they're in that college campus and stuff, or like the hallway, wherever they're at, you could see like they hit the wall and the whole the whole hallway shakes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's very cheaply made. And you know me, I love cheap movies, but I, I love B movies and all that. And this it commits the biggest sin. It's boring. And yep. when they do a kill scene, they never show anything happened, they show the aftermath or just the actor laying down in like blood. Like, get the fuck out of here. And when you get to like titties and stuff, it's clearly just like a reshot or an extension of the same shot, which they just cut earlier and other stuff Mm -hmm. or framing, you know, and not that like that's hugely dependent, but it's just like it's so glaring because it's like feels like it's in this movie just to be like, hey, this was made for TV, but you got it was worth buying a DVD for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, obviously they did all that stuff because it's so easy to cut around that. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh, we're not going to film the deaths. We're going to show the aftermath and then pan up if need to. And then I'm glad I watched it. I probably won't buy that Blu-ray or anything. And I didn't see The Awakening, unfortunately. So The Awakening was written by the same guy, Ben Ripley, who had done Source Code, which was directed by Duncan Jones. Duncan Jones, you might know, is David Bowie's son. And I actually am a fan of his. Uh, He did a film that I've talked about many, many times called Moon. Mm -hmm. You have to see Moon. It's fucking amazing. But anyway, that's obviously very tangential. But I wish that the order went Awakening, then three, because the Awakening has more gore, has more craziness, has more zaniness. It's cheap. It's schlock. It's dumb. It's more fun. Three is a slog. So when I finished three, I had such fatigue set in that when I went to watch four, I was like, yeah, like this is fucking funny and silly. Like there's an alien killer nun, but that, that truly happens. But I was so like let down by, oh my God, I just watched two hours of quote unquote doctors with shitty fake leather jackets talk to each other. Oh yeah. And then when she goes to the club and all the guys are trying to kiss her, like what, what is that? Like, what is, <laughs> what is happening? Like I'm sitting here like, oh my God. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, and that speak- wasn't even like an hour into the movie. It was like, only ha- oh my God, sorry. Go How ahead. creepy is the ending though with the little boy who's the boyfriend? Yeah. At first I thought that it was their fuck child. I fell for that. And I was like, okay. And then she's, he's like, oh, and then that he sterilized 
the boy. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I've heard this thing from the one Dr. Ian Malcolm, maybe it was last month in July park when he says nature uh, finds a way. Yeah. Nature finds like the bullfrog DNA. Like what did he, like how did this college student know? I, whatever. The whole thing is just fucking dumb. Like nothing, nothing. And it made sense. Like I could see if it, I did kind of like the ending, I guess was okay when they walked off in the woods. Cause they left it open. Right. So they didn't walk off in the woods. They walked off on a train track and I was like, please, God damn it. Chugga, chugga, choo, choo, these sons of bitches to death. Well, they had like a camping thing, right? I yeah, assume they did. Like, okay, they're going to live in the woods and live happily. I don't know. Well, see, I wish they had that cartoon stick, you know, it was like a stick with like a little red yeah. bag and they just walk over. <laughs> Start hitchhiking. Well, you know what they could do? They could hitchhike and they could use the thumb that Natasha Henstridge cuts off in the first one that they conveniently find in the door of a car. Yeah. Quick question. Now, if you, I don't know, forensics, right? As I'm writing down this note, I'm like, all right, the dead body would be in the passenger seat, clearly tied up, blah, blah, blah. And then it, it gets hit with a fucking missile. And I was like, oh, that's such a great get around where it's like, there's always the smarmy asshole like me in the crowd who's like, well, I don't think this logically follows. And then he just hits it with a missile. And I'm like, why am I still writing this note? Yeah, well, you'll see in uh, the next species, they'll smoke uh, the missile or something like that. Smoke it. Well, it's a good premise. I think if they remade it, they could really do well with the story and do well with practical effects and actually have an, a good narrative. I don't know. No mom jeans present. That would be nice. Well, see, if they remade it, they'd really have to. I, I'd love for like, you know, Blomkamp or someone to do it. But I'd really like to see the director of Hobo with a Shotgun do something like this, where it's like over the top and super exploitive and stuff like that. So I, I think this is what this needs, because there's too many serious like, you know, creature alien movies. This is what this needs is like that punk rock type vibe to it. Make it like a Return of the Living Dead or something. I don't know. Oh, that'd that'd be, fun. be fun. Yeah, that's fun. I like that. Don Coscarelli. That's who I would have do it. The guy who did obviously Phantasm, Beastmaster, Don, John dies at the end. Because when you said that, it made me think of John dies at oh, the I end. Oh, I love so, yeah. John dies at the end. That is so good. Okay. Yeah, I could see that too. It'd be great. Yeah, like super over the top and super campy. I, I think, you know, put the cheese and sleaze up to 10. <laughs> or, you know, we could talk about James Gunn. They could do a great job. You just need like an ensemble cast. I don't know if James Gunn has ever written a movie that was like had a central lead. You know, I think the closest would be super, I guess. But yeah, something just like zany, I think is a great word for this kind of a franchise, like aggressively feminist to the point of being silly to where you can have the more conservative people think like that. But you also have those moments where it's like true to form because hyperbole is a great way of like showing the plight of people because it's just an exaggerated form of the same. Like that's why get out so effective. It's an exaggerated form of a lot of things that we've already seen. So you could do a lot of really fun shit with an alien vagina and a green exoskeleton. For sure. Yeah. And and another crazy thing, see this little picture for you Patreon listeners, the, the poster for first species, it always bothered me. And now I realize I'm looking at the green screen here. Her back spikes always look like, like hangnails on your fingers. Like, you know, and yes. you're trying to pull them up like that's I'm like, oh, she's got giant hangnails on the back of her back. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought we- that was her hand. Is that her hand? No, her other hand. Not doing. Oh, okay. Just kidding. Like those really <laughs> nasty ones. You know, you feel if you, like you pull them, they'll keep going down all the way through your finger into your hand and until your arm, and you know. It peels you like a banana. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about the worst thing in the world about the first one, which feels again like studio meddling or something after the fact? The Gremlin Growl by Frank Megatron Welker. Yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah. That's It makes it just feel like gremlins. I wish that they would have kept 
it makes it feel silly and campy. And then I think, again, when you get to the sequel where it's like you have a Patrick Bateman lookalike howling as he's trying to rape a woman. Very different guttural sounds. Didn't he say, I was reading something that Frank Walker was saying that was like the hardest on his voice to do the all of yep. that. But then you're saying that it sounds like Gremlins. So like he already did that. Yep. <laughs> Maybe he's older now and it's just, it's a little harder. <laughs> Doesn't have the same spring in his step. <laughs> nah, lemon tea. Well, I mean, that's, that's the same thing with like the lady that does Marge Simpson. Have you heard the Simpsons lately? It's like, it's like, oh man, what the hell happened? Your voice isn't as raspy anymore. Oh, yeah. no, I haven't watched the Simpsons in like, I don't even know how many years now. Well, you're not missing much like the last 10 years have sucked so. <laughs> i watch bob's burgers that's about my experience. oh yeah i like bob's burgers yeah but i don't know i think that this was actually good because i'm glad that i got to watch at least three of them and then when you said there was a part four because i was i actually streamed the first two i didn't watch them on the drive so i wanted to watch them on my tv the last one or the three i watched it from the drive on my big TV. And that was a bad idea because like it was so pixelated and so bad. So maybe that had to do with it too. No, it's just a bad movie. Well, are you going to buy that Shout Factory 1080p HD Blu-ray? No, they are not getting my money. I refuse. Because like I I figured out like, hey, at least if one of us spends money on the first two that I don't feel so badly. Mm-hmm. Like this one, I'm so glad I didn't pay for it. Oh well, you got to see those cardboard dormitory hallways shake every time someone uh, steps. The whole, uh, even the roommate was so stupid. I'm like, these guys are not like these bio, biology, whatever science majors. Like these, these idiots. They, they're like the two. They reminded me of like poor man's dead man on campus. Attempted vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the fuck that means. Like, like is that what they like? That's how they portrayed like every guy in college in the early 2000s. Like, come on. It's just so stupid. Yeah. Not everyone was a stifler, even if they were a genius. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like we got these two scientists over here. They may be wearing Oakley sunglasses or Dickie shorts and have huge trucks with big ass wheels and with drinking monsters. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, the ones that's like, hey, send me to Afghanistan. I'll take care of it in two weeks. You know, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I don't know. So that's my take. I don't know. So you say four is better. So I guess I will watch it at some point. Yeah, if you like it enough, we'll do an addendum to this episode. We'll release a little Patreon, you know, a free bonus that'll go out in the middle of the week and we'll be like, oh, yeah, it's actually kind of fun. But it's dumb. But it's I mean, when else do you see a an alien nun jump onto like a four-story roof, and then just jump across as she's pursuing a guy who's running. I mean, it's just delightful. I got to see this. Yeah, I got to see. I mean, you know, as we watch B-movie TV, so it's like, you know, this is like gold. We could see a jumping nun. Yeah. Well, is it better than the priest from Dead Alive is my question. Well, I mean... No. You know how I feel about Dead Alive, exactly. so come on. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's better than the TV show The Flying Nun. Does that count for anything? The I Flying Nun. Yeah, I remember <laughs> The Flying Nun. <laughs> that's how I feel. Oh, that's too much. I can't. Uh, well, she's got to say, I'm high on holy water. Thank you very much. Well, is this a stopping point? Are we good? Is this, did we beat the horse to death at the addendum later kind of thing? I think it's great. I mean, okay. the fact is, is I, I never want to tell someone like they're wrong for liking stuff. Like if you, if three is legitimately your favorite, like God bless you. <laughs> fuck, fine. But like, I, I legitimately think the hierarchy goes two, one, four, three in terms of quality. Like I said, I'm very rape averse, but I think that if I was going to watch any of them at this 
point, you know, I think that I would watch too because it's got practical effects. It's truly haunting. It's it's got striking visuals. The narrative's consistent. I think it is the best movie of them all, even if the subject matter is kind of cringy. One is good. It's just not great. Like Doug said, that second half really falls off. Four is batshit. And then three is just, I just don't think that I'm in a place in my life where I'll ever want to rewatch that given the dearth of new content there is. where What's your hierarchy, guys? I'd have to say the same thing. Two, well, I haven't seen four, but I'll take your word on it. But see, three, I didn't hate it. It's just three was so boring to me. Like, it's just like dialogue and dialogue. It's like, come on, you just get to the fucking stuff already. And then you cut away on the kills. Get the fuck out, you lazy ass. Yeah, I, I would say the same. I still haven't seen four, but I can't imagine anything, anything worse than part three. So... Let's just cross our fingers and hope for the best. I well, I could that. think of a lot of movies that are worse than part three, to be honest. Yeah, buddy. Movies I've watched this week are worse than part three. <laughs> About these four, not just, you know what I mean. But, yeah. Uh, was there ever a species TV series? I always thought there was a species TV series, like from Canada, like how RoboCop had one, like where it's just really obscure. For some reason, I thought that. Not that I remember, but I mean, but sci-fi would have put three and four because they co-produced it okay. so that you would have seen that on there all the time that's what i think it was because i remember I, I think it was the awakening I, I thought that was like a tv series at first that's why i didn't think it was there was a fourth movie well there's yep. a there was a point in time i don't know if you guys remember like anything on sci-fi that was original that came out was so bad like everything they did there was a movie with jerry o'connell i want to say that like the trailer for it would look so good the guy like, from sliders yeah. And Tomcats? Uh, not Jerry O'Connell. His brother, Charlie O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Charlie oh. O'Connell was in it. Yeah. And the chick. The from, poor man's Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> yes. And the chick from Footloose. They're both in a movie together. And the trailer looks so good on sci-fi. And then when I went and watched it, it was like the most disappointing thing. So I feel like that was around the same time. So maybe that was just their shtick. Like, yeah. They were just pumping out movies and that's what they got. Oh, no, I was just going to say, well, sci-fi sometimes does that where it's like they advertise it. It's like, oh, man, this looks really good. And then the one thing, time I got I got honey dicked into thinking um, <laughs> that this show, it was only one season it was called Blood Drive and the trailer sucked. And I watched it, I'm like, this is a good show. It's like Twisted Metal, but they fill up the cars with blood. So. Wow. Death race shit. Yeah. Death race meets twisted metal meets stupid Roger Corman humor. I can't get over that. I looked up Charlie O'Connell. He's like Charlie Murphy, where he like looks just like his famous brother, but like not. Yeah. They used to live together. Like, cause I had the biggest crush on Jerry O'Connell back in the day. So like I knew everything. They used to like live together before he married Rebecca Romaine, blah, blah, blah. But he was like, he did all shitty sci-fi movies. Now, um, if you if you have a crush on Jerry, how do you feel about Piranha 3D where he gets his dick bit dick off and spit off. at the camera? I just like any time a dick gets cut off in a movie. I just think it's fun for me. I think dicks are hilarious. That's yeah. what's in Suicide Squad where the dude's Winnie the Pooh in it, where he's got a shirt and he's just the dick out in the breeze and gets killed. I laughed out loud all three times I've watched it. Is that the new one? The new one you're yeah. talking? Uh, did I just spoil? Spoiler. Oh, it's a key plot point where they shoot the guy with his dick out. Yes. Oh no! Well, I'm clearly talking about Starro the Conqueror when he has a T-shirt and his dick out. Well, I know. I'm waiting on Dan to watch it, so I haven't watched it yet. Get a new Dan and just watch I it. I know. I should just watch it and not tell him I watched it. Exactly. That's what I do. That's no, no fucking joke. That's what I do with my wife, right? So, like, she went to bed all super early, and then it came out on a Thursday night or whatever. So I was like, I'm still watching like the first. 
because this is what we did with Black Widow. I watched it and I was like, okay, if it's not good, I'll just watch it by myself. But if it's good, I'll stop it right now and watch it with you. I legitimately watched like the almost the entire movie. And then the next now I was like, oh, it's pretty good. That first 20 minutes I watched. And then I think she caught on to me because like later on, I was like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, this, this is my part right here. So highly recommend. Mm. Have you seen it, Doug? <laughs> I have not. No, I'll have to I'll have to check it out then. You honky pricks. I know. I know. Seriously, I had to make time for Species 3. I made time Sorry. for Species and I watched The Kissing Booth Part 3. That has been my stressful week for you guys, if that just tells you what my life has been like. What's better? Uh, Kissing Booth 3 or what's scary? Kissing Booth 3 or Species 3? The Kissing Booth 3 has an entire scene where they're all dressed as Mario Kart characters and they do like this race and they're throwing like bob bombs at each other full of shaving cream so i thought that was like the best thing i saw <laughs> so so what is the kissing booth movies about you hire watch one and two I'm oh like, they're like, so good like is it <laughs> no. just about a kissing booth like kissing booth three the syphilis saga they're, they're teenage movies they're they're they just they, they run a little kissing booth in high school but it's not about the kissing booth so it, i don't recommend it to either of you it's not your demographic yahira needs to watch part three speaking of not my demographic have, has any of you writ- written a book about about chisme oh. Doug did you write a book about chisme I did write a book about chisme but I got one right here oh, oh my god <laughs> Okay. Now, let's say it's not typically like prototypically horror, but it certainly is a book that people could buy with currency, right? Why don't we, Adrian, why don't you tell them about that book? Oh, so it is currently on Amazon. It's called Last Call, A Toxic Love Story. It's got my picture on the back from Instagram, in case you didn't know that was me. And it's basically about a very toxic, I know the, the title is very cheesy, but it is a very involved story about this couple and it's every couple that you know that has they're just awful to each other and you'd wish they'd break up and every time they're together there's a big fight and, and shit going on and everyone's uncomfortable but they stay together for whatever reason so I thought it'd be fun to like let's tell that story let's tell the world why they stay together I thought that would be fun I had a girlfriend like that I don't think I've ever told anybody about this particularly because it's not very interesting it's Jake's autobiography no well <laughs> she like so we broke up and I was like look I just I can't do this like, I just don't care enough to fight with you all the time about nothing. And mm-hmm. she like didn't understand it because she had like grown up with drama. So she thought that's just like the way relationships work. Mm-hmm. Like she was like, but why are we breaking up? And I was like, because we fight all the time. And she's like, but why are we breaking up though? Yeah. So, I mean, Alicia, if you're listening to the show, get a copy of my friend's book here. And maybe you'll figure it the fuck out 20 years later. Yeah, she's like, there's that alimony money. (laughs) (laughs) But but no, it's great. It's like I I told you, Hiram, like when I'm opening the book, I don't even like to say I'm opening the pages. I'm like, I'm opening up the ass of the book here to like (laughs) mm, take a good spread that book cheeks. Yeah, it's getting good stuff. (laughs) Well, there's there's a couple sex scenes in there for you if you want to read that. There you go. Have fun with that. Sex? Yeah, there's sex. Yeah, S-C-E-X. Fuck, why didn't you tell me? Then I would have actually read it instead of reading my five other books. Like all, all of the fun things in there. So Also, Mikey, uh, hit us up. I'm supposed to do a novelization show with you at some point. What's up there? Boom, boom, boom. Doug, let's say somebody's like, Jake and Doug are hilarious. Aid, yeah. How do they find more Jake and Doug specifically? Yeah, well, if you guys have a Roku, check out B Movie TV. I host a uh, show on Friday nights, Friday night action at 8 p.m., and Jake hosts Saturday night tears at 10 p.m. This, well, I think you may be getting it out a little late here, but yeah, um, yeah we, we we're showing Death Park: The End, uh, which is the new film I'm in, and then Ken Brewer, the guy who runs the channel, directed it. So, and and Aid for you, uh, you said you like seeing dicks get cut off. My dick gets chopped off 
up in the movie too. So yeah, uh, you can see that. <laughs> That's woman power. Or was it? Yeah. Yeah. There like that go. there. So yeah, go ahead and check it out. We got some great <laughs> sleazy Western movies for you uh, that, that we've we got 10 more in. So we'll be hosting those ones here. Jake's got a few crazy movies on Saturday nights. And also too, uh, I'll, I'll plug Pervy the Clown. I just shot something yesterday for the Pervy the Clown show. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, we'll be on there. And Kinky think, Candy. Kinky Candy. So the episode that's going to play in two weeks. Fridays at midnight on B-Movie TV, Pervy the Clown Show. And I've done shirts. For this next episode, I'll put out a new shirt. But I'm, I have a few other designs. I actually have quite a few designs I haven't put out yet because I I really enjoy art and I appreciate everybody who's commoditized it and, and bought it and said nice things. Cam, I really appreciate it. Everybody who's uh, loved the Mars Rats shirt, which is a, a legally distinct amalgamation of Mars attacks and mall rats. I have a bunch of other shit. So if you like shit, just go to redbubble.com slash slashes podcast or maybe it's slashes pod slash redbubble, whatever. You'll find it. And you could buy stuff that has stuff or you could just look at it and go, wow, I'm going to I'm going to save that JPEG on my computer. You can do that. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, seriously. Like, seriously, if you dig uh, Jake's artwork, it's all over the place. You can get stickers. You can get, you know, Friday Night Action stickers, Saturday Night Terror stickers. And I told Jake, I'm going to let him draw a Mars Attacks Martian, like just crazy with the colors and stuff. I'm going to get that tattooed on me. So, oh, shit, I'll do that. Yeah, no, I, I think I mentioned that to you. I don't remember. No. This is exciting to hear on air. No, I'm going to do an amalgamation of maybe Mars attacks. Ooh, the Mars attacksic Avenger. <gasps> oh God, I'm already, oh. my panties are dripping and <laughs> Fuck yeah. Because you got a little skirt like Melvin Fur on top of that green astronaut suit. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. What does Melvin say? This is sissy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Take us home, man. Okay, so I had a great time with you guys today. And if you guys want more of us, please look us up on Instagram at Slashers Pod. Join the Mutant Goons page from Beyond on Facebook and Slashers Pod podcast on Facebook and discord and discord. Don't forget our discord. We talk a lot of shit on there. So I'm sure you'd love to join. You can find Jake at Casey Jones on Instagram. You can find Doug at Doug Pizarro. You can find me at pathologically ADE. So on behalf of the guys, this is Aid saying goodbye and good day. Hey goons, it's cyber slash 1000 here with another hidden track. If you are looking for a hidden track to help subdue your HRV Gralian with tentacle nipple-induced boner, you should probably find another. This week's track is Wands to the Sky by Spellbook. And in this scenario, the wand is your alien boner. Please support Spellbook at the links in the episode description and enjoy.